Hello everyone and welcome to the Constructed Criticism Network. This network is here to help you improve in Magic the Gathering at every level. From popper leagues to top 1000 mythic, we've got you covered. If you want to hear the entire network, head on over to our sponsor at puremtgo.com where you can hear each and every show, each and every week, and check out their sponsor, MDGO Traders, and tell them that the CCMTG Network sent you. Now sit back, enjoy the show, from YouTube, podcasts, and more, here's this week's episode from ConstructedCriticism.com. How's it going, everybody? My name is Adam, and it is 11.40 in the morning. This feels weird to say that at the end of my work week. But July or yeah, July 31st, almost missed it. Almost, almost was wrong. July 31st, 2020, and it is time for this week's rendition of The Homeward Path. This is the show where we're talking about Playing magic on a budget, time, financial, I'm a husband, a father of three, work a full-time job, somehow, someway, we got to find a way to improve at magic. If, like me, you are doing this on some form of a limited budget, whether it's time, finances, or both, I hope I can be a voice for you. So while we were away this week... I actually spent a lot of time playing Is It Flash on Arena. I guess two weeks now. I've tried other decks. I really have. I've played... Um, gosh, I've played... Cycling. I've played Mono Red. I've played... I've played Teamer. I've played Simic Ramp. I've played Bant Ramp. Uh, John Sacrifice. And bear in mind, I'm still in the lower levels of the ladder when I play ladder because I don't play a lot of ladder. So I end up playing against a lot of, like a wide spread of matchups. If I can ever just get breakthrough and hit a long run, I feel like I'll be in a better place. Obviously because I'll have, you know, ranked up, but also because I might get settled into more of the regular metagame. Excuse me. Probably doesn't help that I play a lot of best of one either, but it is what it is. But that's kind of been my, my, my ladder weapon of choice this week has been, is it Flash? I tried, is it Prowess? I tried, like every other deck in my arsenal and it was now a slightly updated list of is it prowess or is it flash that has been my most consistent performer largely because out of the out of the decks that i have access to it's the most flexible it's the one whose viability matters or can is least contingent upon what my opponent's doing we just figure out what they're doing and figure out how to how to position ourselves on the other end of it. You know, either treat it treat what they're doing like a like a lure dangling on the end of a fishing rod and just keep pulling it further and further away. Or if we treat what they're doing as something we simply have to slow down long enough to stick something in the way. Whatever the case may be, that's how the deck performs. That's how it does its work. 
and it's been performing fairly well for me. On the major announcements front, Wizards finally released the full set list for Double Masters. And if I'm being honest, I haven't had a chance to go through the whole thing yet to see what else to get excited about because I don't plan on buying any product. And that's not a knock on Wizards. That's not a knock on Double Masters. It's a knock on the fact that I don't have the money to spend on another product right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. But there have been some interesting downshifts to Common for Pauper. Most notably, Cast Down getting downshifted into Pauper is basically taking murder and removing a black mana symbol from its cost. Because it does the same thing in Pauper. To the best of my knowledge, there are not any legendary common creatures. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm saying I don't remember them if they do. So overwhelming majority of the time if not a hundred percent of the time cast down is just murder for one in a black and i'm here for it it's really nice to have destroy target creature at two mana for not rakdos decks delver in particular loves that for leo uh angler delver loves that for the mirror it's really good against like just, it's just a good magic card all the way around. I love it. And then a braid is another pickup for various decks that might want to play both creature removal and or artifact destruction. Now, unless you are really, really in on Smash to Smithereens, you don't have to choose. The ability to play a braid as an extra removal spell that also blows up an artifact if they're playing them is it's a big game it's a big deal but while we're on that subject that's kind of what i wanted to talk about this week i have done this show for two years and i've never talked about pauper not in any form that's more than just like a passing fancy. I'm mentioning it in passing as I'm on my way to talk about something else that I care more about. And that does a disservice to everybody who listens to this show because Pauper is the budget format. So, that's what we're going to talk about. And, and we're going to start with... We're going to start by venting a little bit about the other formats to give an idea of why I even care about Pauper right now. So, Standard has been kind of a format in flux for the last year and a half. We've seen ban after ban after ban. Cards getting pulled from the format. Decks becoming unreasonably high percentage points in the metagame. Everything about it screams, something's wrong. And then we finally got a bunch of bands, and oh look, it's still basically the same format. On the notes, I said multiple bands and poor proactive design are creating a sort of imbalance in the standard format. Which is to say, simply put, Cards like Teferi Time Raveler, cards like Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath, 
cards like Wilderness Reclamation that are powerful, proactive ways to jump you, springboard you, yeet you ahead of your opponent are just too good and have squeezed out a lot of the room for counterplay. That coupled with the fact that these powerful threats do not have a cheap threat that checks them reliably. Mono red aggro is not good. You can cheese people out. Sometimes they just don't have it. Sure. But a lot of the time they do. You know, the, the aggro decks that are out there are not reliably good. And that's a problem. You know, a card like Rotting Regisaur was considered kind of the gold standard for aggressive threats. And now mono black aggro pilots are cutting it. Even though it's a 7-6 for 3 mana. I do love me a Reggie, but that's beside the point. The, the fact of the matter is, Standard is just an unbalanced format warped around whatever the best deck is this week. That's been kind of the story of the format for the past year. And I don't think that's going to get any better until rotation. So if you're frustrated with Standard, well, Arena's got Historic, right? About that. Historic, you have standard cards, you have last year's standard cards, and then you have legacy quality threats. You don't have legacy quality answers. You have double standard quality answers. It's really embarrassing when your opponent jams a Muxus onto the table, generates, you know, piles and piles of value that is probably going to immediately turn sideways into your face. And your whole counteraction is, like, the best out to this is Magma Quake. Or having to main deck Grab Digger's Cage because you're tired of getting beaten up by these Goblins decks. Or these Rakdos Sacrifice decks. Or these, you know, self-mill dredgy style decks these Arclight Phoenix decks, whatever the case may be. Couple that with the fact that the current best deck in Standard is also becoming one of the best decks in Historic, and your break from Standard because you're tired of playing against Reclamation decks is not a break anymore. <laughs> okay, Standard and Historic aren't for you. Maybe take a break from Arena altogether. Jump on MTGO and play some Pioneer, right? <sighs> about that there's just an overwhelming negative stigma surrounding pioneer right now i'm not just dead sure why i've always really enjoyed every game i've played in the format i haven't in my defense i haven't played against a lot of the combo decks i've played against uh I've played against a lot of the jankier stuff, and then I've played against aggro and control decks. But I haven't been on one side or the other of Inverter or Lotus Breach yet. So for me, Pioneer, my frustration with Pioneer is just kind of a lack of motivation. I really want to play Pioneer, and I'm probably going to just have to start doing it on MTGO. 
But a combination of lack of events that matter and lack of time to play them is it's a big deal. I don't have a way to reliably just kind of grind Pioneer. Yeah, I can jump on MTGO and do some leagues, but it's just it's not the same. I'm not really building toward anything in doing that. And then last but not least, the last format that I play a lot of it is uh, Commander. And the frustration with Commander right now is it is best played in large groups. Or it's probably for the best that we don't get into those right now. Because COVID. And that brings us to Pauper. Pauper has some distinct advantages. For those of you who don't know what Pauper is, and I hope it's a very small number of you that listen to this show. But Pauper is a format wherein you look through the history of Magic the Gathering. If the card has been printed at Common, it is legal in Pauper. If it has not been printed at Common, it is not legal in Pauper. It's all about the Commons. It's a Commons-only format with an uncommon amount of uh, play and excitement and variance to it. And yes, I know, I know, but I have a brand to protect. So, what are some of the advantages to Pauper? One, Commons only means no unbalanced rares and mythics. And if you've played a lot of Standard over the last couple of years, you're tired of seeing unbalanced rares and mythics. There's not a Hydroid Crisis in Pauper. There's not a an Oko in Pauper. There's not an Uro in Pauper. These cards don't exist. Number two, Commons only means all your mana is equally horrible on its own. Everybody's mana base sucks in Pauper. Yes, I know. We have Thermorphic Expanse, Evolving Wilds, Ash Barrens, Cycling Lands. We have Tap Lands, the, the Tarkir, or I guess now they're the Corset uh, Tap Lands that gain a life. And that's all well and good. But the fact of the matter is, you don't have three color decks splashing a fourth color for a card. You barely, if at all, have three color decks in Pauper. If you do, it's Tron and it's splashing a bunch of colors off a Prophetic Prism and is otherwise a largely colorless deck. Number three, low rarity does not mean low power. You can do some really dumb stuff in Pauper. I mean, there is literally a deck in Pauper called One Land Spy. So named because you play one land in your deck. The only other deck I've ever seen that did anything like that was uh, Charbelcher in Legacy. Wherein you... You play two lands in your deck, maximum. One, one Bayou, one Taiga, and then you want to Charbelcher over into all your cards or hit the Taiga and just burn your opponent out. Or otherwise you're a Storm deck. Well, that's kind of what one land Spy plays like. Except obviously, 
not low power doesn't mean unreasonably high power either. Because Pauper, instead of doing what Modern did, where they keep all the storm cards in place and then banned all the cantrips, Pauper just banned the storm cards. So that we don't have to worry about them. And if you don't have to worry about storm cards, that takes away a whole section of sideboard hate you got to figure out. And that's a good thing. Number four, there's a wide array of viable decks. And when I say wide array, I mean literally every macro archetype is represented and represented well. You have aggro decks, whether they're they're swarmy tribal aggro decks like elves, goblins, um, slivers. You've got versions of mono red aggro where you're playing cards like uh, Keldon Marauders. I mean, there's lots of stuff available. There's white aggro decks. There's aggressive blue decks. There's, you know, you cross into mid-range territory. You've got, you've got the Delver decks. You've got Boros Monarch, the mid-range pile that it is. You've got Token Swarms decks. You've got uh, Tortured Existence. You've got just a litany of options control there's you know there's blue black control there's I, I've seen versions of control decks that didn't play any creatures at all pauper their wind condition was flurry of horns otherwise they just keep you from doing anything they cared about until they could have time to go find flurry of horns and kill you with a pair of two three minotaur tokens that's kind of unreasonable, kind of fun, kind of exciting. The gameplay in Pauper is also generally very interactive. Even when I'm teaching other players, like once we start to level up in competition a little bit, we go from uh, beginner decks to like trying to help them understand what more optimized decks look like. I would rather play my pauper deck in those games because the pauper deck still feels like you're playing magic. You're not racing to see who gets to lock the game up the fastest. You're just you're playing magic. You know, part of the virtue of not having busted rares and mythics is you don't have busted rares and mythics that create entire archetypes that ignore what your opponent's doing entirely. Yes, those archetypes exist, but you don't, you have more counterplay available because there are holes poked into them because of how the, the weaknesses of common cards. And then last, but certainly, certainly not least when it comes to advantages to Pauper, Commons only means cheap, cheap, cheap price tag. Unlike me in a chicken coop, because I'm cheap, cheap, cheap. Uh, it's it's not a bug of the format; it's a feature. It wasn't designed to be 
cheap. But when you're playing with the cards that have been printed the most in the history of Magic, you get to play cheap cards. Now, just like any other format, you can spend as much money as you want to on Pauper. You can build, like, every deck, just every one of them. You can foil your decks out. You can do, you know, you can spend a lot of money on your basic lands. If if spending money on Magic cards is something you want to do and you want to play Pauper, you can still do both of these things. But that's not me. I will play with my collection of... Uh, pack basic lands illustrated with uh, arts that I like and I will build my non-foil decks and I will enjoy myself and that brings me to the projects that brings me to what I play what I'm working on in Pauper the deck that I play the most is Delver Mono Blue is it Demir even tried a Simic Delver build once Quite frankly, Delver is just my favorite archetype in Magic, period. I love flexible tempo decks, in case you hadn't guessed, by the number of episodes I've done on decks like Flash or Mono Blue or Blue Black or Talking Concepts, you know. I love tempo piles. And getting to play in a format where I have the best card selection and one of the best threats of all time. Like, why would I not play it? So much fun. Delver decks are flexible. You you play with a lead sometimes. You just get a, get a threat or two down. Protect it. Beat them up. You can come back from behind. It's harder in some builds than others. But just the, the overall combination of card selection, stack interaction, and some level of board interaction, like, you'll find your way. You'll get there. You just got to believe. In the heart of the... Oh, oh wrong show. Wrong, wrong game. Sorry. 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 And it's playable in many forms. That's the other thing that's nice about Delver. You don't have to play the same Delver deck all the time. I mentioned... Mono Blue Delver is a different deck than Is It Delver, is a different deck than Demir Delver, is a wildly different and much more accepted deck than Simic Delver. Simic Delver was my attempt to apply Miracle Grow Theory to Pauper deck building, and it did not work at all. Uh, I was trying to play Land Grant, and I was trying to push my land count really low. I was trying to see how well Cantrips could fix mana in a deck with land grant if I didn't have access to duels and the answer is not very well don't do that to yourself but even like Simic even Simic Delver has some some benefits as long as you don't try to do what I did you know cards like Werebear and Nimble Mongoose are Delver quality threats that take a little bit of a different line from something like Gromag Angler or Ninja the Deep Hour Spellstarter Sprite Loops. Whatever the case may be, these decks have a lot of versatility to them. They have a lot of play and a lot of matchups. That's why I love them so much. Second, and this is going to be something I work on both on Magic Online and in paper, is 
the Monarch deck, the either Boros or Mardu Monarch. I don't play them a lot. I don't play them very well. My heavens, do I love a good mid-range pile. Sometimes it's really nice to just draw a card and go, man, this is a good magic card. Let's see how good it is against what they're doing. Slam your battle cruiser on the table and see what happens. We do it enough in standard anyway. So doing it in pauper is totally reasonable. You're more interested in individual card power. You're not interested in synergies. Like if they happen to be easy to fit into your deck, sure, do it. But you're not building the deck with the goal of jamming Affinity is not a mid-range deck. Affinity is an aggro deck. Because Affinity is built around synergy. Boros Monarch, maybe you play like Core Sky Fisher and the, the Cantrip Artifacts. Some lists don't. But at the end of the day, your Boros Monarch deck is still just going to play like the best one-for-one -one removal spell the best, you know, some, some high quality threats that are difficult for the opponent to remove that both attack and block well and you're going to play some amount of card advantage to try to take advantage of the fact that you're one for wanting them through the early game. It's classic mid-range deck building theory and I'm here for it. Third is Mono White Heroic or Auras, the, the Auras version. And I like this deck for a couple of reasons. One, I've always been a little bit of a sucker for Boggles. It's not to say like I go out of my way to build it and play it in like hundreds of formats or tournaments or, you know, become a master of the archetype. But it's a fun deck and sometimes it's really nice to just sit back not have to not have to worry too much about my own execution the deck itself is fairly linear fairly easy to pilot in the sense that like your game actions themselves don't require a ton of consideration it's essentially better mana boggles like you can play the boggles deck in, in pauper you have Slippery Boggle, you have Glade Cover Scout, you have Solana Ledgewalker, and you have Ethereal Armor and a bunch of white and green auras. You have Rancor. It is a deck you can build. But the Mono White Auras deck has cleaner mana and a faster clock. Because Laguna Band Trailblazer lives through lightning bolts. Acro and Skyguard flies. And oh, by the way, both those things get both of those things get bigger every time you target them. That's a big deal. It's similar to playing the favorite Hoplite in the Orzhov Aras deck in Pioneer. And smashing people is fun, and it provides a solid counterpunch to the metagame when things get a little bit too slow and stale. If I'm playing against a bunch of Delver decks, you can do a lot worse than just jamming a big dumb thing down the throat. 
here's a big dumb creature. Do something about it. Is is not a bad not a bad line, especially with cards like Karametra's Blessing at your disposal. And then last but not least, the last project deck I have for Pauper. It's more a long-term labor of love than it is a, a short-term, like, get into it and start grinding on MTGO with. And that is Burn. Burn is what I like to refer to as the, the ultimate investment deck. Because even though Burn is very rarely the best deck, actually, it's almost never the best deck. I use air quotes on best. It is one of the best investments because the same cards you play in the deck in, in Modern, in Pauper, in Legacy, you play most of the same cards in all of those decks. You play Lightning Bolt, you play Lava Spike, you play Rift Bolt. In Legacy and Pauper, you play Chain Lightning. In Modern, you pick up Monastery Swift Spear and uh, Goblin Guide. Maybe you play Soul Scar Mage. With access to Prowess Creatures, I'm sure the Pauper deck would love to play Lava Dart. But even without something like, uh, you know, in Legacy and Pauper, you get Fire Blast. Sack Two Mountains for you. It's an archetype that rewards long-term interest. Even if you don't play it all the time, it's always a good one to have in your gauntlet. It's a good litmus test for the other decks you build. And it's just a good, you know, it's it's boring, it's not sexy, it's not exciting, it's like no, nothing about the burn deck is coverage worthy until Patrick Sullivan beats Maverick with it in a legacy open in Star City Games. You know, a matchup thought to be unwinnable from the uh, from the other side. Here you go. We got it. We did it. Congrats, everybody. So that's what I'm looking at for Pauper. That's why I'm looking at Pauper. General frustrations with the other formats I play, just combinations of the formats themselves being stale and the inability to play them the way that I want to, has led to kind of a renewed focus on getting my Pauper my collective pauper stuff together, as it were. And yes, I almost said another word. I'm sorry. But I digress. That's going to do it for this week, everybody. You got questions, comments, concerns, send them. I'm on Twitter, at HomewardPathMTG. On Facebook, my name is Adam Spain, like the country. And I love naps, so it's appropriate. Uh <laughs> We have a Facebook group called the Homeward Pathfinders. We, I tried to do conversation. It's kind of devolving itself into a selection of shared memes and episode posting, but we're going to work on that. Uh, while you're perusing the web, don't forget to check out our sponsor, puremtgo.com. It's one of the greatest collections of... Uh, Oh, my heavens, did I see that one? I don't think I did. Anyway. <laughs> I missed that one. Sorry. 
Uh, we have it's one of the greatest selections of magic content on the web, and not just for us here at the CCMTG Network, but just the web as a whole. It's a wide, wide array of content from a lot of different creators about a lot of different topics. It's going to be really hard to find more content in more places. And, of course, while you're out and about, check out the Constructor Criticism Network if you haven't yet. Do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And that leads me to my favorite. Every every episode, or at least normally every episode. Okay, I know I did that one. Uh, hashtag MTG Dad Jokes. And we got a few. Thankfully, uh, one of the one of the benefits to having waited a week on doing this episode is uh, getting to do get, getting more time for people to get these out there. Whether I find them myself or somebody sends them in, I love them all. I'm a, a I've played Magic for sixteen years, and I've you know my favorite my. I, I genuinely believe the highest form of comedy to be puns. So it was it was not hard for me to come up with what I wanted my social media outreach program to be. Uh, the first one was in, was a was a multi layered response. Uh, John Roberts, who I love on Twitter. If you're not following John, do it. You're missing out. Uh, Said, though I know most of us can't wait for rotation, we all have cards we don't want to go. The card I will miss most is a Liliana Dread or General. What card will you miss the most after standard rotation? Uh, and. Oh, come on. At Delmo222 says Ceratops, to which John says you're going to have to shift your game plan after it rotates. Huh? Shift your game plan. Shift. Uh, another one. Oh, I bet I, I bet I tagged that one too. Yes, I did. It says uh, not one card, but a whole deck. Gates. I will miss janking people out with a pile of tap lands, draft chaff, and ramp spells, held together by eight random mythics. Me too. First of all. Second of all, John's comment says after rotation, the gates deck will be ablaze. Yes, I love it. And we have uh, another. Sean Worcester says uh, hero precinct one to which John said the hero we didn't deserve. We let our hero down. Let's see. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> Very simply, one of them says Mayhem Devil, says this card, and John says that card can go. It has brought a lot of mayhem to this standard format. I digress. Let's get back in. Let's get back on topic. I'm going crazy here. Uh, this one comes from Spencer Howland, and it's a conversation between... His child and his wife. 
Maxwell says, where do sharks live? Devin Harris says, in the ocean. Maxwell, can we go in the ocean and see them? No. Why? And Spencer says, because that's why mommy calls it a note fish. <laughs> I thought that's what we called voracious great shark. Am I wrong? Sorry. Off topic again. Uh, next up from Rachel Agnes, his first day as a Phyrexian. Them, let's corrupt me. Oh, I thought our work was already complete with EAT at the end. I can live with it. And last but not least, from uh, Andrew Ellen Bogan. We just finished watching it, so this joke hit me a little bit harder than maybe it should have. It says, aggro, control, combo, mid-range. Long ago, the four deck types lived in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> Come on! For those of you who don't know, FIRE was the acronym that Magic Design came up with. I, I honestly can't remember the, the details for what the acronym actually stood for. But it was the acronym guiding design philosophy, and it kind of pushed mid-range piles to the front of the standard format by a pretty substantial margin. And that's what we got. That's what we're living with right now. But... That's all I got for this week, everybody. Again, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you've got questions, comments, concerns, send them on Twitter. Send them on Facebook. Join the Facebook group. If you want to become a patron of the show, patreon.com slash homewardpathmtg. I almost forgot that one. And I will leave you with the quote that I've been leaving you with since the since a little before the pandemic began. Everybody's going through a lot with the pandemic. People are stressed, frustrated, insecure, whatever. Everybody's going through something. If you're not, count yourself fortunate. But as everyone is going through something, we as a group, Magic Community, need to do a better job interacting with each other and the outside world, as it were. Be better to each other. The 12th doctor comes to us with words of wisdom governing social interaction. Never be cruel. Never be cowardly. Remember that hate is always foolish. Love is always wise. Always try to be nice, but never fail to be kind. Some uncommonly good words of wisdom. So go forth, build decks, be kind. We'll catch you next week.